Realty Nation. It's your host, Abhi Golhar. Welcome to the Think Realty Podcast. Today is gonna be a fun show. It's gonna be a fun show because we're talking through a couple of strategies that you as the real estate investor can use to win. But ultimately, every, start, every strategy starts with a why. It starts with your investing personality. It starts with the goals that you've set for yourself over a 5, 10, 15, enter your period of time here. If you don't have these goals set, if you don't have a carrot that you're dangling for yourself at the end of this really long stick, why are you even doing this? There are a lot of my friends that I know, uh, we've been friends for years, and they're high net worth investors, uh, they're, uh, some are doctors, some are attorneys, uh, some are uh, real estate agents, some are athletes, some are entrepreneurs, business owners, and they all think to themselves, what, what does it mean to win the game? Maybe what, it, what does it mean to win the game of my career? Maybe what does it mean to win the game of my life? Maybe my money? Because remember, your career is different than your money. Your money can be working as hard, if not harder, than you do in your own career to make money. And so the conversation we'll have with my guest today, Daniel Blue, is going to be about, will be around that. Some of the strategies that you can use, but then also, how do you figure out your why? What, what does that ultimately mean? Because he also has a very unique story. And I think that's one to definitely talk about. Uh, today's podcast is sponsored by Ashcroft Capital. Uh, Ashcroft Capital is a national multifamily syndication firm founded by Joe Fairless uh, and Frank Rosler. Uh, Ashcroft Capital focus, uh, focuses on capital preservation while striving to return strong risk-adjusted cash-on-cash to investors. They specialize in value-add in real estate in Texas, Georgia, and Florida. Learn more, ashcroftcapital.com slash Travis. <laughs> This conversation is going to be a really good conversation as we start rounding out the end of the year. I generally take this time to reflect on my investing strategies, the vehicles that I use, and ultimately, is what I'm doing right now still aligned with my why? And I strongly urge you to take a little bit of time to discover or even rediscover yours. Daniel, welcome to the show. Let's get started, man. Give me a little breakdown. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm out of Las Vegas. I own a company that helps people access their retirement account penalty and tax-free. Uh, I'm sure a lot of your savvy listeners are familiar with a self-directed IRA, you know, using a self-directed retirement account to invest into real estate. I found over the years that there's a, a demand, there's a, a need for a different type of retirement account, and it's called a solo 401k. And once real estate investors and entrepreneurs hear about this account, their, their ears perk up because, you know, this type of account, it's got some unique strategies. For example, as a loan feature, um, unlike an IRA, you actually can pool a certain amount of money out penalty and tax free. And you can use that money to maybe fund a flip, uh, maybe ha help with the rehab costs, uh, you know, maybe pay off high interest rate credit card debt so you can bring down your utilization rates increase your credit score, you know, so you're more attractable to the banks for, you know, some bank financing. Um, so love talking to real estate investors and, and entrepreneurs about the power of the solo 401k and see if it's something that uh, is a good fit. Interesting. From a, from a self-directed IRA perspective, help me understand that world a little bit because there are a lot of investors that are thinking, well, you know, geez, I want to take an LP position or maybe even take a GP position in a multifamily syndication, or uh, maybe they're investing in single family rentals. How do they do that through their self-directed? I'm sure that's one of the conversations you have uh, on a regular basis with your clients and customers. 
Yeah. So it gets a little tricky when you start using a self-directed retirement account to actively invest into real estate. And, and when I mean active, I'm talking about your retirement account actually owning the property that you're trying to flip or owning the property that you're going to be renting out. And the reason why it gets a little murky is because the numbers have to make sense. Your retirement account is either going to buy the property outright where there's no financing involved, no mortgage, or your retirement account essentially is used as a down payment, right? And, and then you get what's called a non-recourse loan. So maybe you've got a retirement account that's worth $200,000 and you're trying to buy a property for that the purchase price is a half a million dollars. Obviously something like a non-recourse loan is going to have to be in the picture. Um, and then it gets a little bit more tricky where your retirement account that owns the, the, the property, um, you can't personally live in it. Uh, you can't rent it out to lineal descendants. You can't do any of the maintenance, the rehab work yourself. Um, so there's a lot of arm's length distance um, in the picture. You've got to make sure that you don't cross the line of what are called prohibited transactions. Um, I've seen a lot more action on the passive side where someone with a self-directed IRA or a solo 401k, you know, maybe does some kind of a private placement play. Uh, some kind of promissory note, or they're just a passive investor. You know, they're not dealing with trying to flip the house or rent it out. You know, they're just lending their money out like a bank, maybe getting some kind of preferred rate of return, maybe some fixed rate of return, may or may not get some kind of equity kicker. Uh, but I see a lot of real estate investors use self-directed retirement accounts to do more of the passive plays. I think it's a really smart move, especially if you're uh, an investor that has a little bit of cash sitting in a self-directed IRA. Um, and again, check with your financial advisor for sure. Uh, this is, I'm a real estate nut, uh, Daniel's a real estate nut. We take a look at strategies and identify what makes sense for us to use. Uh, but for me, I love using a self-directed IRA for these types of things, as long as it's not uh, what, Daniel, what Daniel mentioned, a prohibitive transaction. Um, if you do that, if you engage in a prohibited transaction and you take on debt uh, inside your self-directed IRA, you'll easily be hit with what's called a UBIT, uh, an unrelated business uh, income tax. And that's something that is, uh, and I'm sorry, yeah, unrelated business income tax. And essentially, it, is, it could devastate your account. And if you just don't follow the rules and regulations, um, you can kiss your account bye-bye. Like if you stop following the rules and regulations, say year three, and you've had this account for a period of 25 or 30 years, and now it's grown to a lot of money, guess what you can say goodbye to? Yeah, that's right. All of your gains. See you later. And on top of that, you'll be penalized. So absolutely make sure that whomever your self-directed IRA custodian is, uh, I'm sure, Daniel, you can vouch for this as well, is make sure that you follow the rules. If you don't follow the rules you will absolutely be crushed. And that's the last thing that, uh, that we want to see um, for, for your long-term savings and long-term retirement. Uh, so, Daniel, when it comes to, I mean, there are a couple questions here. Um, I like asking, what's your why? Like, you're, you're helping your clients understand a particular vehicle. Why? Like, what is your yeah, wife before, doing all Yeah, that? before I answer that, I will say one fun, one fun fact. Um, UBIT applies to the IRA. UBIT does not apply for a solo 401k. 
So as we're doing this podcast today, and who knows, Congress could always change something, right? You, you never know. But as of today, uh, UBIT does not apply to a solo 401k. That's another reason why real estate investors you know, love the, the solo 401k over a self-directed IRA. Um, and, and like you mentioned, you know, it's always good to have a, a really good CPA, financial advisor in the picture. I'm not licensed. We just do pure education and, and bring information to the forefront so then people can you know, have more information and be more empowered to make their own choices, right? Um, but circling back to your your question um, the way I like to answer that kind of question is two parts. One, I don't really necessarily look at it as my why. I look at it as there's purpose and there's passion, right? Like everyone has a passion. Everyone has some kind of purpose. Um, the goal is to get to the point where you're living every day, every week, every month, your purpose bucket and your passion buckets being filled. Um, I'll, I'll give you some examples. For me, my purpose is, is to make an impact. And, and that could be, you know, maybe purpose is tied to the why in a roundabout way, but my purpose is to impact people, whether it's my employees getting to see them buy a house um, through the earnings they make for my company or, you know, seeing my, my customers, you know, win big, you know, whether it's using their retirement account to fund their business or get involved in real estate, you know, and, and seeing life changing events take place like that. That's my purpose is just making impact. Um, my passion is something completely different, you know, and I'll be 100 percent transparent on this, this, uh, this podcast. I am not passionate about self-directed retirement accounts. I didn't go to school thinking I can't wait to talk to people about solo 401ks and self-directed IRAs. Um, that was in all my mind. Um, what I am passionate about is I grew up after I was 12 years old, I grew up with a single mom and uh, we struggled a lot, went through some trials and tribulations, uh, 18 years old. I ended up getting a woman pregnant. I got addicted to drugs. Um, my passion is kids growing up without dads. Um, my passion is kids that are, are going through adversity. I'm a big sports person. And I think a big reason why I got into entrepreneurship is I like to compete in sports and business and sales, there's a lot of similarities, right? There's a lot of correlation between those things. Those things. So I think sports is a, is a channel that kids can get a really healthy outlet when they're around some really good coaches, some good mentors, and it's a good way to, to help them break free from, you know, the, the situation that they're in. So my, my passion is to get to a point one day where I can have like a really big sports complex, have a bunch of soccer fields, have a bunch of soccer teams and, and be able to have kids that are coming from some struggles, you know, and, and have them play and have them be around some good experiences. So that that's my why, you know, that, that, that's where I want to get to one day, um, being really with you. I'm not in a position where I have both of those things happening right now. I'm living my purpose, but not quite my passion. I'm 32 years old. My business is only three years old. So I still have some ways to go um, where eventually I can get to a point where, you know, there, there's enough stability and success where I can really, truly build out the passion that I've described. So in your, in your mind's eye, <clears throat> excuse me, in your mind's eye, when it comes to uh, money in a 401k, my understanding of all this is my money's in a 401k. I can't touch it until the day I retire. At, at the, I can't remember exactly what that age, age is, 62, 59 and a half, whatever it is. Um, how does that inhibit investors from taking advantage of what they normally would be able to by investing in, in real estate? Like, is there, is there, what are the ways to do this, I guess, is the question that I'm asking. Can I? Invest in, yeah. in other things outside of just equities by throwing my money into some Vanguard REIT? Yeah, if it's a 401k from an old job or an IRA, you can convert that into either a self-directed IRA 
or if you qualify, you can move it into a solo 401k. And the reason why I use the word qualify is if you're an entrepreneur without any W-2 employees, um, you actually can qualify for a solo 401k. So once the money is in either a self-directed IRA or a self-directed solo 401k, then that vehicle can then make those investments in the alternative world, you know, such as private lending, you know, flipping, uh, rentals, multifamily, commercial, you know, things of that nature. Got it. The so when you're coaching your clients on how they can move their money around, uh, how does that how does that work? Helping kind of put some of the pieces together because for me, I don't really understand the solo 401k as much as I probably understand a self-directed IRA. What are some of the main differences? Is this something that I should take advantage of? Maybe not take advantage of? Does it is it too risky for somebody like me? Uh, maybe give me a little more understanding of kind of your world. Yeah, for sure. The, the risk is just going to come from the actual investments inside the vehicle themselves. Uh, think of it this way. A self-directed IRA and a solo 401k, they can invest into the same quote unquote risky investments, right? So the, the investments essentially are the same between a self-directed IRA and a solo 401k. Um, really the fundamental differences between a solo 401k and a self-directed IRA, number one is the contribution limits. Um, most of you listening right now, watching right now, know you can contribute up to about six to $7,000 per year uh, into an IRA. If you have a simple or a SEP IRA, you can contribute more, uh, but most people have a traditional or a Roth IRA, right? You're capped out at 6,000 a year or 7,000 a year if you're over the age of 50. On the other hand, a solo 401k, depending on how much income you make from your business, you can contribute up to $58,000 per year. If you're over 50, you can contribute up to about $64,000 per year, right around that, that ballpark, right? So that works out great for people that want to take advantage of the Roth contribution. Now, you can put a lot of money into a Roth solo 401k. And another fun fact is for the people that are making high six figures, most of the time they cannot put money into a Roth IRA. They make too much money. The IRS won't let them. Uh, a Roth solo 401k, it doesn't matter how much money you make. You can contribute into a Roth solo 401k. So that's one big difference is the contribution limits. Uh, another big difference is the loan feature. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's not a loan feature on an IRA. With a solo 401k, you can take up to 50% of the account value or $50,000, whichever number is less. You can take that money out of the account penalty and tax-free, and you could use that money however you want. There's, no any, there's not any kind of prohibited transactions when you take a loan out because you're taking the money outside of the retirement account, so you're not playing in the ballpark game of the actual retirement account. So you're withdrawing the money out as a loan, if you want to use that money to, like I mentioned earlier, pay off high interest rate credit card debt, fund your business, fund your flip, maybe you need some, some rehab costs, rehab investments, things like that. The caveat is you have to pay back the loan within five years to avoid the penalties and taxes. And there usually is going to be an interest rate of about uh, prime plus two. So right now it's about 5% interest on this loan, but the interest goes back to your retirement account. So essentially you're your own bank. You're paying yourself back the principal plus the interest. Uh, so there's not a loan feature on an IRA. There is on a solo 401k. And then another big difference for real estate investors is the UBIT that you mentioned earlier does not apply on a solo 401k, but the UBIT does apply for the IRA. 
Um, so those are some of the, the main differences. Um, also, a solo 401k is for an entrepreneur. You know, if you're straight W-2 employee, you have no kind of side hustle, no kind of 1099 income, no kind of business activity going on. You're just straight W-2. Um, then you don't qualify for a solo 401k. You just have, would have to play in the IRA uh, game. <clears throat> Got it. What if I had... So what if I had uh, a W-2 and also a business on the side? Would I qualify? Yeah, as long then? as that business on the side doesn't have any W-2 employees besides you, the business owner, or your spouse. There can be 1099 contractors, right? Maybe you're yeah. running a, you know, a, a social media agency or some kind of marketing company and you have some VAs um, that are 1099. That, that works. Okay. Another scenario. Uh, what if I had... Okay, what if I had a business, I was a W-2 of that business, I had other W-2 employees, so that business disqualifies, but then I also had entity number two in the business structure that you mentioned, which is uh, no, no employees uh, or anything. Would I qualify then? No, because the IRS is going to look at you as a controlled ownership group, one and the same. So you're, you're disqualified. Okay. Okay, got it. So I'm disqualified if regardless. So essentially, this is just for people that, have, that are working for themselves. They have contractors and no payroll. Co correct. Other than themselves or a spouse. Other than themselves. On all of, yeah. Okay. But then if they own another company, that other company has 15, 14, 100 W-2 employees, then they automatically disqualify because they're associated with a company that has a W-2 already. Yeah, and they technically could set up a self-directed 401k. However, it's not a solo 401k. And then they would have to offer a self-directed 401k to their employees. And now that's a whole another ball game, right? And you're, now you're dealing with vesting and, and matching and you know that, that, that's a whole nother yes. you know, topic. Yep. So how do I get in touch with you to learn more about this? Because this is obviously something that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, it's definitely an advanced strategy. Uh, so make sure like, you know, what Daniel's been saying, it makes sense for you. Um, what's the best way to, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, it would be danielblue.me. Uh, it's blue like the color. So danielblue.me. Um, that website gives you a, a bunch of information, uh, gives you access to my book. Uh, I wrote a, a bestseller called Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. Um, it's just a short, simple, tactical read talking about the solo 401k and self-directed retirement accounts. Uh, it's got a link to my podcast as well, How Winners Win. Um, and then uh, also, if you have a 401k from an old job or an IRA and, and you know, the wheels are turning, you know, in the sense of, I didn't know I could access this money penalty and tax free and, and some of the ways that um, I've been being told. Uh, there's a link to my company's website, uh, Quest Education, um, on my website, and you could just click that link and fill out some basic information and someone from my team would reach out and, you know, see if it's a good fit. Excellent. Daniel, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate the insight. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You got it. We'll see you next time. Think Realty Nation, uh, this next segment is brought to you by Think Multifamily. Whether you're a passive investor looking for passive income or an aspiring syndicator and ready to learn how to go big fast, Think Multifamily is the le industry's leading acquisition and education company. They're here to help you invest for your family's future. For more information, visit www.thinkmultifamily.com. So Think Realty has an opportunity for you. It's called the GRC, the Government Relations Committee. And uh, here are two of my very 
good friends Eddie Wilson and Chris Ragland to tell you a little more about it. Hey Think Realty, Eddie Wilson here, the founder of Think Realty, along with Chris Ragland. And we've got a brand new opportunity for you, uh, as well as Think Realty. Over the past couple of years, in the American Association of Private Lenders, which many of you know I, I own that as well, Chris has chaired our Government Relations Committee. We've made massive headway uh, with legislation and all things concerning legislation with lenders. We're trying to, to do that same exact thing within Think Realty and the real estate investment space. We've asked Chris to come over and chair our Government Relations Committee for Think Realty, and Chris has an awesome vision for it. So if you don't mind, talk to our viewers about what you expect and what the vision is for the GRC. Sure, so for the past several years, I've been working with a lot of private lenders in our space, and we've been able to bring a team together to help advocate for private lenders in a variety of ways, right? So we've worked at state level, we've worked at the national level, and to be honest, we've made a real impact. So this has been going on for a number of years now. I can talk about some of those things that we've done here in a minute, but the vision and what we're trying to do now, I'm over here working with real estate investors, people like yourself, and we want you to know that honestly, your voice isn't being heard. And that's why we're forming the Government Relations Committee for Think Realty. We're gonna get a few of these difference makers, people just like you, come in here, join this committee, so that we can organize, so that we can be vocal, and so that we can be the mouthpiece for the other real estate investors that are out there. So I'm really excited to be here. Uh, what a really cool opportunity. It's awesome. Yeah. And so we've made some massive impact with the American Association of Private Lenders. We intend to make the same impact for Think Realty. Do you mind just taking a second and talking about the impact that we've already made for, for the American Association of Private Lenders? Sure. You know, it's easy for people to think that like, I can't make a difference or even an organization that I'm a part of and I'm volunteering with truly like, are we really making a difference? And I can say firsthand, I have watched us not only influence and help modify legislation at the state level, and at the federal level, but we've actually swatted down legislation, right? So we did some action in Florida. We did action in New York. We literally went out and visited and educated people at the federal level. Like, this is what's going on. This is how you're impacting us. So we've actually done that. We made significant impact and in inroads for private lenders in terms of the reporting requirements, what an accredited investor is. I mean, how many other organizations do you know are sourced when they revise like the guidelines for what accredited investors were. Well, I know of one and it was the American Association of Private Lenders. So that's the type of impact that we're capable of making. And that's what we really expect to happen at Think Realty. We, we know that there are a lot of uh, legislative issues concerning rental programs and the eviction moratorium and all that that we've just seen recently. Uh, a lot of things that are, that are impacting real estate investors and Chris is just the guy to head this committee. He's passionate about it. Uh, he's already proven with our other association and we know the days ahead are gonna be fantastic for Think Realty making an impact with our legislators and our government bodies to make sure that you're represented. So we need a couple of you to step up and be a part of this committee. If you're interested, please let us know. Go to our website, our contact page, and let us know. And uh, Chris will be your point of contact. Uh, and we know that we're gonna make big impact in days ahead. Looking forward to working with you guys. Hey, thanks guys. Uh, keep in mind, Think Realty GRC, a huge deal and a really big opportunity for you to make your voice heard in Washington. Uh, so if you wanna take advantage of the opportunity, let's bring it, let's all go. We all need to do our part to make that impact. Uh, got questions for us, get in touch, you know how to do it, go to thinkrealty.com. You can find me anywhere online at Avi Golhar. I need to give a huge shout out to the sponsor of today's podcast, Ashcroft Capital. 
They're, ne they're a national multifamily syndication firm uh, founded by Joe Fairless and Frank Rossier, uh, Rossler, excuse me. Uh, Ashcroft uh, Capital focuses on capital preservation while striving to return strong risk-adjusted cash on cash to investors. They focus on value-add real, value real estate in Texas, Georgia, and Florida. Learn more, ashcroftcapital.com slash Travis. That was a wrap. Until next time, happy investing.